Hi, everybody, and welcome back to No Praise Machine. This is episode number 139. As always, I'm one of your hosts. I go by the name Alexander Holland. I'm coming to you live and direct from a frosty Berlin, Germany. And as always, I'm sat digitally across from my number one handsome hamster. He's the podcasting prince that you wish was a best friend to you. He's got to be the one <laughs> called... Maloney. John Maloney. And John Maloney, we're recording today through a new podcasting platform, which mm. I'm not going to mention because until these people start sponsoring the cast, <laughs> then I'm not going to mention which of the four potential video podcasting applications mm. we've selected. But what I love about this is that I'm able yeah. to fire, I'm able to fire off sounds which I wasn't yeah. able to do before, like a real old real school. stings. I can do real stings. So what about what about this one, John? Get those brokers back in here! Turn those machines back on! <laughs> Turn those machines back on! <laughs> wow, so the what, classic. So what's that one, John? Fr- that's the the classic frozen orange juice crisis. That, <laughs> that, that, that's befell the antagonists in uh what was that what was that movie Duke and Duke. Duke yeah and Duke, Duke and Duke from, from the the, from the Eddie Murphy classic from the um, Eddie Murphy classic Trading Places Trading which, Places that's right Gosh, which I watched brain. last week with my dear friend Jan he came over yeah. and we put Trading Places on and we were both just quoting every single <laughs> line from it and that when that one came when that one came on i told him how you and me use for anybody for anybody who doesn't know just like a quick bit of background on that little that little sound at the end of the film eddie murphy and dan Aykroyd have tricked the jukes Mm. the juke brothers in the stock exchange and they've won all the money in the stock exchange the juke brothers are very angry but the stock exchange has closed the juke Mm. brothers they wish they wish the stock exchange would open again so that they could claw their money back so they're not broke and that's <laughs> yeah. why one of the ju- that's why one of those jukes brothers goes get those brokers back in here turn those machines back on turn those machines back on <laughs> this is great i'm gonna have a million of these fucking buttons on uh <laughs> just turning it into like absurd morning radio i mean that's always kind of what this was um i I need to get the classic. I'm fucking next week, man. I'm going to have every single one of these on my set. I'm going to have the classic spring. So I don't have to do it anymore. I'm going to get. <laughs> have I'm you just lo- isolated that from background noise or something? Yeah, or I have. I have. I've, I've, yeah. I've done the. Uh, I've done the audio enhance, so it, it mm. has that weird. Sh- it almost sounds like the Duke brother is in a soundproof studio. He's in a studio, yeah, just doing yeah. the vocals, doing the vocals for the Trading Places PC game. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> that's like the you, you just you, you, your character walks up to him and he just is he's just saying and then it's your job it's your it's it's your it's your job as dan Aykroyd to sort of tackle mm. him to the floor or something it's kind of 
slightly unrelated to the movie as all those <laughs> yeah, video games right. end up exactly. end up being. They're like, look, we you need a video. Like... We need to have a video game because this has been a very popular movie. And so yeah. It needs to be a video game. So how about Eddie Murphy karate chops one of the Duke's brothers and has to <laughs> fight him away from the machine? And he just yeah. every time you hit him, the Duke brother just goes, "Get those brokers <laughs> back in here! Turn those machines back on! Turn those machines back on!" <laughs> <laughs> and you got you get like frozen orange juice tokens. Boop, boop. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, it's, a, it's a Christmas classic. Anyone out there hasn't seen Trading Places? I had not seen it for years. My dad, shout out Stephen, he used to have a. Cl- we, my parents used to record clips of their favorite mm. parts of movies when mm-hmm. the movies would be on television. They'd record their favorite <laughs> parts, and my dad just really? loved for some reason. He loved the opening scene or one of the opening scenes when, you, when you're first introduced to Eddie Murphy's character and he's playing a homeless con man in the park. Yeah, uh, that's right. And he pretends, he pretends to have come back from Vietnam and have lost both of his legs and he's sort of pushing himself <laughs> around on this cart and then, uh, and then the police accost him and it's very funny. And my dad just mm. used to have that scene on Beta. So I saw that <laughs> scene about 40 times before I ever saw the full movie what's that but is a term for that when people claim to have been veterans of wars that they're not like oh. false false glory or something and i was just yeah. gonna say your dad just has a co- false glory <laughs> compilation <laughs> <laughs> he used to host false glory nights around the prospect <laughs> get all of his friends around they'd all come around in army outfits that they got <laughs> from that they got from secondhand stores. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I'm going to load up the soundboard next week with seven. <laughs> with I'm um, seventeen classic honky horns. Ariga, <laughs> Ariga, and I saw this girl, and I tell you what, hauga. <laughs> And then, and then the Flintstones running sound effect that kind of <laughs> that one. <laughs> and I got the hell um, out of there. Uh, but of course, when I was trying to work out the soundboard, John, I had to put some classics in there for you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so good i love fi- this so fi- it's finally peaked it's so funny how quickly once you have this technology how quickly it devolves into just fm radio like all the <laughs> you can't stop wanting to push you can't stop wanting get those walkers back in here turn those machines back on turn those machines back on <laughs> classic Classic Windy Trading Places <laughs> remix. <laughs> so, guys, if you oh, want us, good. if you want us to load up any particular sounds, yeah, into the soundboard for next week, <laughs> write in. It's hello at dptm.org. We love to hear from you.
So our some of our German listeners may know, and our broader European DPTM listenership, as well as fans of the game football or soccer all around the world, that uh, things are starting to heat up ahead of next year's Euro 2024 competition in Germany, which is being hosted by by Germany next year. And in anticipation of that happening, there was a draw on the 2nd of, Sept- uh, 2nd of December, mm-hmm. as there is in uh, in each time of, <clears throat> as there is each time the, uh, I think it's four yearly UEFA Euro Championship takes place where different teams just find out what other teams are going to have to play, I guess, to get through to the finals. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not uh, all across the minutiae of it, but that's the basic idea. And it's kind of a big event because it can obviously determine the sort of the fate of different teams and... So, you know, pundits are interested in it as well as coaches, players, etc. And it's mm-hmm. uh, it's kind of a night of nights where they, they give a bit of theatre to it and prominent, I think, prominent uh, football personalities and maybe players, maybe team captains will, um, will kind of announce the results of the draw. And then, you know, all of the sports journalists from around Europe and the world will comment on the results. So that's what happened on the 2nd of December, uh, which normally would have would have gone over my head, I must admit, but for uh, an occurrence which was unprecedented in UEFA history, which was that at a certain point during the draw ceremony for the European Championship, there were um, unexplained and very loud moaning noises which disrupted the ceremony. Uh, and basically it was, it was kind of, it's quite wonderful to watch and we might take people through to a little clip of it. Uh, but basically what happened was you have people reading out these results and then clearly you can hear the sound of somebody moaning in what sounds like a pre-recorded sexual, uh, experience. And some, one of the, one of the judges or whoever, one of the kind of, officiants was sort of saying, oh, we've got some noise in the studio, looking very bemused. Some people in the audience were starting to kind of laugh into their hands and then they tried to kind of just press on with the ceremony. Just and so then, I can, I'll just play a tiny bit of it now. Yeah, sure. Or Finland or oh, that's Estonia. a tough draw. That is a tough, tough draw. D1. And that's if Wales get through, D1, they'll play the Netherlands, the Netherlands in their own against and, uh, in the Hamburg. Now only two teams that's are on left. The 16th of June. Well, the first one that goes and into they'll play Austria. E. And they'll end up playing France in Dortmund on the 25th. So everyone was thinking, well, what the hell happened? How has this happened? Some people who are fans of football noticed that this was very, very similar to an event uh, that had previously happened in a BBC studio during a Premier League game earlier in the year uh, where where a BBC match of the day broadcast was interrupted by uh, pretty much the same noise. And, uh, and then on YouTube you had uh, a guy, a British prankster called Javo69, also known as, I think, Javo BMW, who... Um, who has uh, quite an established presence in the 
well, in the YouTube world, but also in the kind of sports pest world because he's like a <laughs> like a serious he's like a serial you know he's kind of the kind of person who will get onto the field and try and take photos pretending he's a member of the team or like he's done all these things which I'll come to in a moment but Javo 69 aka BMW Javo is a guy who um who has kind of a bit of a history of doing this kind of stuff pulling these kinds of stunts and he revealed that what he'd done was through a kind of combination of, and I, you know, we've talked previously on the show about a little bit about sort of um, fraudsters and con artists and people who bullshit people. And he has that kind of wonderful quality of just entering a place where he's not meant to be, but doing so with a kind of air of confidence that makes everyone think that he must be um, supposed to be there for some reason. Yeah, And he did that with his, uh, with a kind of co-conspirator. And then they put this cell phone in the studio. I think they tapped, they taped it. This is in the match of the day scenario, taped it to the set. And, uh, then they left, then they went to the game so they could just see the kind of commentary box from the seats that they'd picked. Yeah. Uh, and then they had some friends watching at home to kind of see what would happen. And they start ringing the commentary box. Sure enough, this noise, ah. this orgasmic noise starts going off. Because you can just you, make it like your ringtone. That's probably what they exactly. did. They got, they made the porn, sound they got a porn clip that was just a ringtone. <laughs> and he goes through, Javo69 kind of goes through the history of his attempts to pull this very kind of schoolboyish prank where <laughs> apparently he did it once years ago. And it set off this kind of incident at the BBC where they thought there was maybe like some kind of corporate espionage or possibly proper political espionage going on because they found this phone somewhere it shouldn't have been and they couldn't trace it to its owner, etc. But he's basically said, look, I tried to do the same thing then just with a conventional British phone that you can buy, you know, most places in the UK, but it was too quiet to be picked up by the microphones in the studio. So I looked on like Alibaba for this kind of cheapy Chinese phone, which is reputed to be like the noisiest phone that you can get <laughs> in terms of the, the maximum ringtone vo volume. And I just used that one and put it in the studio. And, and so you got this great thing where like Harry Shearer and Gary Lineker are sort of trying not to <laughs> laugh and they're talking to each other and they're gradually kind of getting like it's becoming more and more obvious that that's what's going on and they're kind of gradually going off the rails and then it became this thing where Gary Lineker kept talking about it after the show like went on other BBC programs to try and um, understand what had happened and I don't think they I don't think necessarily everyone knew until um, until Javo went up on YouTube and said yeah that was me and showed a bit of himself going into the studio before the telecast. And he basically did the exact same thing for uh, the UEFA championship. Um, and as people will have gathered from my uproarious laughter in response to your pressing fart noises on the soundboard earlier, uh, this really this really tickled my funny bone because it just is so kind of, it's just so absurd and sort of like lowest common denominator but it is also you get this kind of vicarious exhilaration from watching this process and of course he's somebody who has done other things as well many of which is shown on his 
channel and all of which I love. So he, <laughs> he goes in, he kind of blags his way and he's just like a kind of cocky sounding like average what, Joe. What age is Jarvo? Oh, he's, he'd be maybe our age or a bit older, I reckon. So he's not like, he's not, he's not, which also sort of adds to his kind of slightly pathetic charm because he's like not some 18 year old having a crack. He's yeah. somebody who you get the impression that um, he's probably not the most accomplished member of his immediate family or whatever, but you know, he's just having a good life. He loves it. He goes, he, he goes to similar events and does all this kinds of stuff. And it, look, it made me think about. Um, cause it's this kind of blend of old and new technology where you've got this guy who's got access to YouTube and a bit of a following on YouTube as Javo 69, AKA BMW Javo. And, uh, and yet is, is also doing things in the real world that are kind of very sort of old fashioned and gonzo, like in the way that you might have sort of prank shows from the nineties or you might have like sports streakers and it made me think about the history of streaking at kind of big events where I don't know like it just seemed like there were so few opportunities for people when they started doing that kind of stuff to be kind of wild exhibitionists in front of a large audience of people I didn't know because you know they weren't celebrities they were just kind of average joes and now the world has changed and being a weirdo in front of people you don't know has been something that has become something that uh, a, whole, <clears throat> a whole thriving economy is based on and everyone can kind of do that if they're minded to do it. So yeah, th- previously with streaking, you had to still be using the channels that the media, the main, mm. the, the mainstream media controlled. So you'd exactly. go, okay, well, I want to be seen by everyone and mm. the channel through which I do that is television there are five Mm. television stations if we're talking about australia when we grow up so what i have to do is i have to get in front of one of the cameras during a live broadcast yeah so i so i pick a sporting event because they're the ones that are live yeah and i'll take all my clothes off because (laughs) that's how i will get the maximum amount of impact and attention immediately yeah yeah and then i will run onto the field and then the world will know what I have That's done, right. but as you say, briefly you the world just, will know who I am. Now you can, now you can just do it on TikTok. Exactly, you've just got it's your little hand computer and you just record something, and you're doing something right. stupid in front of millions of people instantly. Yeah, and you wouldn't. I mean, nobody thinks anything of someone who's got, particularly over a bit of time, you know, a few thousand views or whatever. That's no, that's no huge deal. So if you're just like an exhibitionist who wants to behave like an idiot in front of people for your own amusement. There's just endless channels to do that. But Jarvo has kept alive <laughs> the ancient craft. And uh, so I oh, watched... The broadcast uh, interruption. Yeah, that's right. And he's used, in those instances, he's used, obviously, technology. And you can just see this footage of like him and his kind of silly mates cracking up when they're like, oh, it's working, it's working. And then when they... <laughs> When they found out it was working, they just kept calling and calling. So they get this, like, you got like 10 interruptions one after the other. But then obviously I went to his YouTube channel and started to get a, a bit of a sense of what else he was up to. And I can heartily recommend it to our <laughs> listeners. Uh, he also, he went to a, for example, a, um, so he did this UEFA thing. He's done the English football game. 
between the the Wolves and Liverpool it was. And then I looked at his channel and he said other things like there was some kind of shitty television, UK television awards at the O2 Arena in London and he just got this he got he got a his mate was just holding a fake camera with a uh, with an iPhone camera sort of um, set into it so that they could film what they were doing, and he was just holding a microphone, and so he just looked like a kind of roving reporter, and they just kind of went in this open entrance of the O2 Arena and then started pretending they were with the press pack and they got like deeper and deeper into it and then he gets kind of gradually security kind of work out about halfway through the the show security work out like what he's been doing and kick him out but until then him and his mate like they start filming the crowd and the crowd must assume they're like with whoever's organizing the event so they start like cheering and waving at this like nobody with a camera and then then he gets kicked out then there's other more more on theme things where he went to, which I particularly loved, he went to a snooker, like a snooker championship and he just was using a, uh, he, he was just using some kind of remotely controlled fart noise generator <laughs> during, the, <laughs> during the game so that whenever anyone like, when after everyone shot, it was just going... And then the audience was kind of laughing uncomfortably and the, and the guy who was like, settling the crowd was getting more and more irate and him and his mate are just in the audience cackling. Then there's all this kind of stuff where, cause you will see obviously on TV, you'll see a streaker, but equally now because he can just do his own thing, you'll see it from his perspective. And he hasn't, I don't think done any streaking, but he's done this thing where he dresses up in a kind of um, quite well-made cricket outfit so that he initially just looks like another player on the field, except it's yeah. got Javo and his number's sixty nine, and he and he's and he kind of goes on and like runs onto the pitch and just starts trying to bowl and stuff. And then, you know, there's another one where he kind of runs onto the onto like a rugby world cup match and starts um, fraternising with the South African team who've just won. And some of them, are, some of them, which you wouldn't have seen on the sort of traditional telecast, some of them are going. Oh, you that guy? Oh, that's fucking hilarious! And like bringing oh, they him know in him. for the photos. Yeah, they must know him from from kind of various other events where he's done the same thing. And they kind of some of them are like, oh fuck's sake! But some of them sort of warm to him and let him kind of come in for all of these team photos and stuff. And then eventually, security are like, nah, you can't be doing that. And uh, so it's it's kind of this. Yeah, it's a combination of like it's a sort of technologically augmented version of a very daggy and old fashioned <laughs> form of kind of interrupting events. And then, you know, there's, he's got on his own channel clips from news coverage on UK channels where they've said things like, you know, they've, they've some, some local news team has gone out to see him at the local court because he's, you know, just been booked for uh, trespassing onto a field during a match. And they're sort of saying, do you regret it? And he's like, no, not really. It's, it's, it's fun. And they're like, is it, are you going to stop now that you've been given a suspended sentence? And he's like, oh, we'll see. You know, it's all, it's all just a bit of fun. I might keep doing it. I might not. I don't know. And then like, he obviously does just keep doing it, uh, as, as demonstrated by this latest prank at UEFA. So what is yeah. his, I wonder what his day job is that he doesn't have a boss or an organization that will mm. fire him based on That's his extracurricular activities. Because I would think 
most corporate structured companies, yeah, like traditionally structured companies would <laughs> would go that he'd be in the press and they'd go, well, you can't be an employee here anymore because you're <laughs> yeah. representing the company. He must make yeah. his money online somehow because I just, yeah. I mean, you can't be. I mean, I, I often think that you're sort of riding the boundary of the Melbourne <laughs> bar, even having this podcast with yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But imagine, imagine, imagine if that was you, John. If you one morning you were barristering, <laughs> yeah. and then the next you were just like serial prankster and just <laughs> just trying Cream to like, tape, people tape. coming out of court, tape taping. Yeah, exactly. If one day, <laughs> if like one day. You, and then you, you were representing yourself in court the next day for having <laughs> cream pied someone. Well, he's got. I'm just looking now. He's got um, 204 YouTube subscribers. So I don't. So, sorry, 204,000 YouTube subscribers. So I don't know if that's enough to kind of generate any sort of income. Uh, 204. 204,000. 204,000. Uh, it's interesting. I wonder what, I'll have to have a look what ads, it, it all depends on what ads are getting run against his mm. content. I don't imagine that a lot of brands would want to be affiliated no, probably not. With, with pranks. Bet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the, yeah, the Cricket Association or whoever it is, the British Cricket League was like, was interviewed in this story saying, we think it's good because, you know, that he was sentenced because, uh, sends a stern message to people who are coming onto the field during matches when they're not meant to be. And it made me think, I wonder if this problem, as I say, has gotten like, has gotten better over time because now people who want to just be exhibitionists don't have to do that sort of thing. Or has it gotten worse because they then can go home and put everything up on YouTube and like keep the party going. I don't know, it could go either way. But either way, I encourage all of you to have a look on youtube.com forward slash at BMW Javo and uh, enjoy some of the magic, some of the simple fun that he brings and the sense of sense of hijinks. I mean, it does kind of, I don't know. I watch those videos and I do sort of think there's just something which I can't really indulge because it's too silly, but you know, there's some pleasure in someone else doing it for you. And you just like, like being in this environment where, especially when you kind of start to get caught and then you're like, oh, well now we've got to try and blag our way through security. And then there's this thrill of like getting through one layer, but then eventually, you know, someone's going to come around and say, like at this O2 event, the guy just says, oh, well, we need to see your pass. And then initially they're kind of like, I'm sure there's just been a misunderstanding. We'll just we'll figure it out because uh, he's like I'm a, I'm I'm working for this group and I this this is the person who set it up. But then eventually they realise he's just making those things up and they just kick him out. And he says, "All right, guys, that was great. Bit sad we got out, kicked out, but we had a great night. We got right in. We blagged blagged ourselves right into the arena, and then uh, keep watching for more. And he just that's his life." That's Javo. <laughs> so, any of you thinking about um, bringing back streaking in the new year um, or pranks, old school pranks, blagging your way into prohibited areas, take a cue from Javo69. 
John, I want to do something that is a bit of a theme here on the show. I have a mm-hmm. lot of what are called personal rules by my therapist. I call them principles, mm-hmm. but my therapist insists they're called personal rules. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I'm doing whatever she says at the moment. I'm, right. you know, I'm doing the work around boundaries yeah. and trauma and Safe, my personal truth. Safety. And safety. And so I want to talk about personal, another one of my personal rules, which is pretty much, you know, bugbears. But actually, this is sort of delving more into the realm of red flag. So last night, I was at a pub quiz for the first time uh-huh. in a long time. I'm a, I'm a pub quizzer from way back. Back, oh man, this must be 12, 13 years ago now, I was mm-hmm. in a pub quiz team which became the Quizmasters South Australia 2010 Pub mm. Quiz Champions. We managed to become the champions of our pub where we did the quiz each week. Shout out to Harley and Claire, both DPCMers and both mm. former members of South Australian Quizmaster 2010 champion team. She's the fastest mm-hmm. named after She's the dog the that wins at the racetrack in the Simpsons episode. Yeah. All of your most uh, successful followers as Simpsons references. Yes. Of, mm. of course, she's the fastest being followed in second place was all, oh, it was, uh, it was always comes in second. I think is the other dog's <laughs> name. Comes in second. <laughs> <laughs> I think, I yeah. think is the name of the, uh, and so I've done a lot of pub quizzes in my time, uh, but was that a pub quiz again for the first time in a long time last night? Mm-hmm. And I remember that when we were doing the pub quiz again 12 years ago, I remember mobile phones connected to the internet had just started to come in. Mm. And I remember even then the quiz master had to say, even though fucking very few people even knew how to do it back then or people, very few people even had the internet on their phone. But even yeah. then, he, you know, there was a rule like no phones. Yeah. Right. And phones have only become quicker. You know, back then, back then, people were using the bloody keypad probably to, to type in questions <laughs> on a Google browser on their Nokia yeah, or whatever. Yeah. It would take 15 minutes to get an answer, but now you can do it in 13 bloody And then having to like zoom out to read the answer. Yeah. Exactly. That's right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, I'm at the quiz. I'm at the quiz last night and... Uh, I was there with a bunch of new people, some old friends of mine. I'm not going to name mm-hmm. names, but I was with some very dear old friends of mine. They mm-hmm. were with me. There was also new people there. And we're doing the quiz and mm. we're about halfway into it. And we're all trying to, we're doing the picture round. Everybody's familiar with the picture round. Mm. Quizmeister gives all the teams a piece of paper and there's pictures on it. And they're often things like, what? movies are these stills from and they'll just be pictures of movies for for example for examples and that was the case last night christmas theme here's the picture round 10 movies all christmas films just a single frame from each movie guess what the movie is it was very difficult the quiz master had chosen all these very new crappy straight to next netflix (laughs) christmas films there was a new person there who was kind of on our team and we're all, you know, I was there with I was there with other people that are also real pub quiz lovers, you know. And mm. they know that not only do they know the etiquette of a pub quiz, yeah. but they know generally the etiquette of life. Uh, so everybody <laughs> is is behaving just like you would expect. Nobody nobody uh, needs to be told how one is meant to behave in the world. Mm. And the 
picture round was very difficult. And so we're yep. all racking our brains going, oh, I want to know what this is. And then suddenly one of the people who's new uh, points to one of the pictures and says, mm. oh, that is this. Mm. And gives the name of the film. And we're like, okay, cool. And then that this person goes, uh, I just looked it up on the internet. I cheated. I couldn't. I was so frustrated that I didn't know what it was that I looked it up. This is what it is. <laughs> and right. then did what I, I did. And I'm going to get to the fact that some more people have been doing this in my life in different realms over the last couple of years. Yeah. I did the thing that people do yeah. where this person kind of laughed this is just funny. I've just looked it up. Just mm. put the answer down. And that that's it. This me and this person will never be friends. Uh, <laughs> I I can't I cannot overstate. I cannot overstate how mm. much of a like deal breaker this is for me, particularly like with <laughs> new people. If yeah. this was if this was somebody that I'd known for years, because this actually has been happening a little bit with somebody I've known for years. So right. I'll, I'll get I'll get to that as well. Maybe yeah. I'll just speak about that. Same thing has happened to me. I'm going to say within the last years, I've played a lot of board games mm. with a with a person in my social <laughs> circle. Yeah, and this person shout loves, out to who? Fuck it. <laughs> this person <laughs> fucking loves board games and is yeah. always let's play board games. Let's yep. get the games. Let's get the games up, particularly trivia games. Yeah. Often these games kind of involve drinking. And I often think that people use drinking as a bit of an excuse. But this particular mm. person will have everybody play the game mm-hmm. and has and will cheat as you play <laughs> the game. We'll look answers up when you can't see. And wow. then only when caught will yeah. giggle and say, ha ha ha, yeah, I did look it up. <laughs> and like really laugh and sort of slap everybody on the shoulder, like yeah, wow. well, ha ha, what ha ha? Aren't, aren't games funny? And isn't kind of isn't isn't cheating and getting away with it really fun? After you've played game like a game with them for three hours, <laughs> and then they go, isn't 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 cheating really funny? And they would but never, just, mm, and they would just never, makes the last three hours a waste of time for everyone else. Ex- exactly, mm. Mm. and it just made me think this kind of cheating stuff in mm. games is more yeah. rife than I would have thought. And I don't really, yeah. I, I think it's really shit. Like, do you, I don't know. What do you think? Have you experienced pub mm. quiz cheatery? Do you have deceptive snakes in your friendship group who need a talking sure. to? I mean, I'm a lawyer. So obviously I have deceptive <laughs> snakes in my friendship group. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean that's interesting. I've been do- I've been doing a bit of pub quizzing in the last little while, and I've got to say I'm never tempted to do that sort of thing because I just think, well, uh, I wouldn't derive any like I don't. This uh, nobody's going to get shot if I get this wrong. So what satisfaction am I meant to derive from knowing that I could? succeed by cheating of course i fucking could like it's very straightforward <laughs> exactly but uh, it's not like it's not like i mean everybody of even course lance, everybody can like, cheat like okay lance armstrong you think okay well he still had to be pretty good at cycling and then he cheated but in this case it's like well yeah you could very easily just google the answer it's really a test of what you know without cheating as everyone knows yeah. it it otherwise has no purpose whatsoever <laughs> i i i was the 
I, I drew a, I drew an exception which you might have viewed as intolerable recently because Oh please, because I definitely I, am. Whatever this yeah, is, I'm gonna just Whatever be it like, is. Nah. So what happened was I was gonna go to a to a trivia game and I couldn't make it. And then the three remaining team members went and then one of them messaged me a question that they knew I would know the answer to and I did. And mm. then then so I was a kind of silent partner, which which is a form of cheating because there is a, there's not really a phone a friend rule at trivia no. games either. But I sort of justified it to myself by saying, well, if I didn't have to go to this other thing, I would have been there and I would have got that answer. But yeah, I didn't feel I didn't feel great about it. I did I did encounter a strange I don't want to take us too far off topic, but a strange etiquette issue. <laughs> at a trivia game recently and I don't think anyone who will be there will be listening to this I'm hoping hoping but um it was somebody I'd not met before and um I we were kind of you know doing that thing which is always a bit awkward because it's like a group assignment like you want to give people a chance to have a go even though you're like oh this person doesn't really know what they're talking about or whatever and they probably think the same of you. But anyway, we were all suggesting answers to this question that none, none of us could get the answer to. And then we moved on. And then I said, oh, I think it's so-and-so. And I think I had been holding the pen. Okay. Um, so I'd been trying to like accommodate people's answers. And we decided. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm familiar with then, the position that you're in. Yeah. And then suddenly it came to me. And then she said, I kept saying that. I kept saying that. And I was like, I feel like you absolutely didn't. But also like we're in our forties. Like who fucking cares? Like it's not like, like, what do you think you get from like, isn't the point that we have the correct answer? And why did you just let, if you did keep saying it, uh, why did you just let us move on? Like, obviously I'm not going to be like, no, be quiet. Uh, <laughs> but I just didn't hear if she did say that. It and is. frankly, I'm not sure she did, which just makes me think, <laughs> why are you taking credit for this? It's so weird. There <laughs> is a lot There is a lot of fascinating social dynamics that go on in quizzes, in pub quizzes, because mm. there's a lot of egos involved and there's a lot of yeah. people. I'm assuming that what's happened, obviously what's happened with this girl in your particular case is that mm. she's self-conscious that people mm. haven't, don't, she feels like I'm not, People will think I'm not contributing enough, meaning mm. people will think I'm thick. Like I don't yeah. I don't know things. This yeah. is one that I this is one that I did know, or at least I can claim to know. So I yeah. want everybody here <laughs> to know <laughs> yeah. that I knew because I've been on I've been on lots of pub quizzes where it's the same thing where you're all trying mm. to get the answer mm. and then you know the answer sort of comes or somebody gets it right. Yeah. And then somebody else in the group needs to say, "Oh, just so you all know, I like knew that as well." Yeah, or, exactly. I helped. <laughs> I helped this all. I helped this get there. Or yeah. oh, the reason I the reason I didn't actually get get it as quickly as you is because the speaker is closer to you and I can't hear as well as you can. And if the speaker yeah, yeah, on my yeah. side, <laughs> yeah. then I would have actually got the answer and I would have said it before you did <laughs> just so everybody knows. And this is yeah. another like red. This is another massive red flag thing for me is when people do mm. this. I'm just going. Shut up. <laughs> just, just like Shut up. You have to be like a <laughs> like the teacher's pet or something. It's a strange thing. And it's also this kind of thing where I think people sometimes people are like introduced 
or see themselves in a way that gives rise to expectations, at least in their own mind, where they're like, I'm a film buff or I'm a music buff. I should know this or I should know geography. And then, you know, it'll come around and people will go, oh, Tom, you're good at geography. You'll be right with this. And then Tom just draws a blank on every answer and you can see them like <laughs> being quietly humiliated. <laughs> and then just like, and then they feel obliged to, to give everyone some reason, like, oh, these are really bad <laughs> geography questions. So you're like, whatever, man. I don't give a fuck if you exactly, know about yeah. this or not. Um, <laughs> yeah, because I mean, I, I think people assume that I'm really good at music and I often right. if the music is like the right, if it's my kind of stuff, then I'll, I'll do okay. But yeah. I often, I mean, yesterday I didn't know a lot of them uh yeah. and i just go yeah i just don't know this one i'm not like oh they've picked the wrong music yeah <laughs> exactly in fact just before we i felt a bit of that just before we started the podcast this evening because jacinta had to go to a work event and she invited me along because she didn't really feel like going by herself because she's you know a bit tired because there's just been a lot of work events so she was like you can be my wingman and then i'll just make it good and then we started talking to people and she just said to them, John, this is John. I, he's here because um, I, because th- he's like really good at talking to people <laughs> and, and I didn't. That's uh, a lovely thing to say. It was lovely. Yeah. She's, he's, he's always the life of the party. And then I was just like, um, hello. <laughs> and then I was like kind of gripped by, ironically gripped by social anxiety because I was yeah. just like, so oh, what shit. Are you- what now are you I'm gonna do? have to be scintillating. <laughs> what are you what what have you been up to lately? <laughs> what have you been up to? <laughs> How's it been going? What's um what's been going on? What do you do? <laughs> what do you do for work? I got to, I am abs- I'm very good at talking to people. I got two questions. Mm. What <laughs> how's it been going? And yeah. what do you do for work? Yeah, I said to them What's well, been going on? And what do you Sint do for work? Thinks it's think Sint thinks it's magic, but the reality is everyone's been up to something and everyone's <laughs> got to make a living. So as long as you're asking one of those two questions, you'll never run out. <laughs> uh, well, John, I want to say if anybody out there <laughs> wants to tell me, I want people, like I know a lot of people out there are going to be pub quizzes and I want to hear mm. your pub quiz stories. I want to hear your mm. pub quiz etiquette stories. I want to know how seriously... You yeah. take cheating. I want to know if the audience out there is principled and pure-hearted like mm. me or cruel, mm. deceptive, dark, and evil <laughs> like cheaters tend to be. <laughs> and guys, you can reach you can reach us as yeah. you always can at hello at dptm.org. Hello at dptm.org. And you can let us know, am I being... Am I taking this too seriously? Is a little bit of cheating at a pub quiz or on your partner actually mm. okay? <laughs> on Let, me on Let, me <laughs> <laughs> Let me know. Let me know. And guys, if we choose your email as email of the week, you could win a DPTM prize pack. We got stickers. We got a little voodoo doll of John that you can prick <laughs> in the eyes. We got a copy of Jada Pinkett Smith's brand new biography. And we got a double pass to Cool Runnings at any Wallace <laughs> Cinema. So you <laughs> want to write in 
DVTM, we've always got a Wallace cinema ticket from a film that was released in 1993 <laughs> in the prize pack. Uh, this is going to be a different one each week as I go through the IMDb top films of 1993 until <laughs> I run out. That's been the show this just, week, everybody. Just have a think. Just imagine yourself there. Maybe you've got a large frozen Coke and yeah. popcorn or a chop top. This time of year in Australia, there's nothing better than getting out of the heat, getting into that air-conditioned cinema, getting yourself a frozen Coke and just watching John Candy's efforts to train a bunch of zany <laughs> Jamaicans into the best bobsled team they could possibly be. <laughs> Thanks so much, everybody, for joining us this week. We love spending time with you. We appreciate you spending time with us. My name's been Alexander Holland. As always, I'm sat with my co-host, John Maloney. John Maloney, say goodbye to everybody right now. Goodbye, everybody. We love and you. we want to say goodbye to the Duke and Duke brothers. Get those brokers back <laughs> in here. Turn those machines back on. <laughs> Turn those machines back on. We'll see you next week, everybody, at Don't Praise the Machine, the podcast. Give them a few, cool. give them a few farts to send them off, Al. All right, hang on. Ha, 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 ha,